Welcome, sports card strategy show and tellers. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the sports card strategy show and tell part of the NoOffSeason.com sports card network. And I'm pumped to be here with you all today. Wondering off the top here, what is it about our show that you like? What keeps you coming back? Why do you listen to us? Why do you watch us? There's so much other hobby content out there. I'm sure you guys consume a lot of other hobby content but what do you like about us specifically i would like to know so email me at paul at nooffseason.com drop a comment below on the youtube video or if you're listening on the podcast apps and you want to dm me at sports card strategy on instagram that'd be great as well but uh we've got big news in the nba from yesterday that we want to talk about Big names on the move damian lillard the biggest of the names so we're going to bring in connor barnett our NBA expert here on the nooffseason.com sports card content network here in a second. But before we get to Connor, I'm going to give a little live chat love. Good morning to Chad Gill, Dr. Crack in the house. Oh, my shoes is in the house. Cleo Cards, one of the first names in the live chat every show. We love Cleo Cards from Cleveland, Ohio. Evan Bell in the house. Janelle Shoe. I love everyone's excited to see everybody else. That gets me pumped up. And uh, I want to give a shout out actually to another one of our basketball experts here on the nooffseason.com sports card network, Gary from Hoops and Cards. Gary is uh, phenomenal at putting out basketball card content. He did a instant reacts episode yesterday on Hoops and Cards, the podcast feed, part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. Go to hoopsandcards.com to check out Gary's content and his episode from yesterday. And uh, Gary put out an episode about the Damian Lillard trade, but I want to get Connor Barnett's take on the trade. Welcome. Good morning, Connor. How you doing, man? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you, Paul? Doing great. This is kind of new to bring you in here on the sports card strategy show and tell, but we try to innovate here on the show and on the network and uh, do a little something different on the show and tell today. Before we get to everyone's submissions, you and I are going to talk about the Damian Lillard trade. I want to get your take on it, ask you a few questions. Then I'm actually going to take some audience QA because we have quite a bit of audience QA that we don't get to on the Monday show every week. So I think I'm going to start taking that at the top of the sports card strategy show and tell in addition to the overflow show, which comes out Fridays. So, all right, let's jump into it. Yesterday, Damian Lillard was finally traded. I think it took most of us by surprise as to where he was traded. I'm going to give a quick rundown of who got who. And then I want to ask you about your... Your, your feelings on the trade and, and, and who did well and, and that sort of thing. So my understanding is that Portland got Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick, and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030. The Suns receive Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson – and really, Milwaukee just got Damian Lillard, right? I think that's it. Right. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So let um, me ask you. This. 
sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good, you're good. I was about to just hop right into it. Okay. Let me ask you this. Who did well here? Give us give us your overall breakdown of the trade. So as a, as a big-time NBA fan, I love these blockbuster trades. The offseason is always super exciting for me um, just because I like seeing teams get mixed up. It's fun seeing guys in new cities. Um, but this blockbuster trade in particular is interesting to me because I actually think that all three teams netted a positive from the trade. Um, my ultimate winner of the trade uh, is actually the Suns, which I think is probably not a popular opinion. Um, but if you look at what the Suns needed from – a spacing and depth standpoint, um, they were able to swap out Aiden for Nurkic. And obviously, I think Aiden's a better player, uh, taller, probably more talented. But they swapped out someone that wasn't getting along with the coaching staff and seemed to be a bad locker room presence. Uh, Nurkic is a high motor guy that I think will probably fit well with KD in terms of mid-range stuff. Um, they added Grayson Allen, who's a perimeter. He's, oh, I think he's almost a 40% career three-point shooter. So good spacing there. Um, Nas Little. Uh, while he hasn't had a great career necessarily, uh, he's got like a 7-2 wingspan from the from the wing position. So hopefully as a wing defender, that'll help him out there. Um, and then Keon Johnson went from the, he's from the University of Tennessee. So as a Vols fan, uh, I watched him play a little bit in college and I think he's got some serious upside there. So when you were looking at the Suns prior to the trade, everyone was concerned because they just have no depth there. Um, and I think adding all the guys that they added on top of having Beal, Booker, and KD probably three of the top shot makers in the league. Um, I think they technically came out on top of the trade. Um, for the Bucks, though, it's tough to say you don't net positive having Damian Lillard on your team. Um, I just think that uh, as a 33-year-old now for Dame um, and trying to figure out spacing with Giannis and touches with Chris Middleton, uh, that it'll be interesting to see them try and work things out. Um, but I do think they still got better there. It's tough because they had to give up Drew Holiday, um, who's been a perennial defender in the league for a long time. Um, and then if you're the Blazers, man, you got to be a little bit excited here, too, if you're a Blazers fan, because they added some of the height they needed in DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I don't know too much about Tumani uh, Kamara, but adding some picks and adding Drew Holiday, um, got some good defensive depth there and got some size. So uh, I think all three teams netted positive, and I'm excited to see how this all plays out. Okay, let's dive into the Bucks first. So the Bucks get Lillard, and I think you make a good point about how is this actually going to play out. On paper, it looks amazing, but these guys have never played together before. Like Lillard's played with a lot of the other Americans on Team USA, but he's never played with Giannis. And he and and I don't know if Middleton was on Team USA or not, so maybe they've got a little bit of history together, but. This is interesting because like Middleton was barely healthy last year. So it's almost like Giannis is getting two really elite scorers back on his team or on his team for the first time that he hasn't played with in a while, even though Middleton and Giannis won a championship together. But I mean, Holiday was kind of a glue for that team. And so on paper, it looks good. But I've seen the betting odds swing um, all like already to be the bu the Bucks are now the favorite, I think. Um, if I saw that correctly, to win the NBA championship, it feels to me like a little bit of a of a reach to make that um, to make that move, like to actually make that bet. Though, I I wonder. I mean, I think first of all, 
if you're Milwaukee, you don't make this trade without Giannis and Lillard signing off on it and being excited about it. Like you don't give up all this guessing to see if they're going to, if they're going to want to play together. Like, I think you like they, they had to have, they had to have sealed the deal with those guys before they pulled trigger on this, I would assume. And is this a move to keep Giannis long-term? Like, I, you know, is, is that what this Absolutely. is? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking, I mean, there was a lot of talk uh, this off season about Giannis being a little bit unhappy and wanting them to make a push. I think he actually came out and said he was, he was willing once his contract was up to look in other places. I think that was a public statement made. So um, I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, Giannis really said, let's go get him," um, And that, for them to sign off on it, it had to be a big push from both Giannis and Dame. Giannis's game is so versatile that like he doesn't need the ball. I think one of the things that he's done in his career is he's had the ball in his hand. Like he's played a lot of the point forward, point guard role, but then he's also unselfish enough to give it up and get it back. And he does so many things on defense to bring value to his team and help the Bucks win that it's almost like, uh, it, it could work. Like it's, it's not like this is LeBron and Lillard. This is Giannis and Lillard. So I could see it working, but I mean, it'll be, it, it definitely still is an experiment. So um, I think that's interesting that uh, we're on the same page there. So what about, so let's go to Portland next. So Portland gets a big man, um, a defensive big man in Aiton who's been to the NBA finals. That feels like, it could be an anchor move for them, um, for their team. Aiden is kind of at a tipping point in his career now with this trade because he's he's a veteran. He has playoff experience. He's been loud in an organization, got a contract, that kind of thing. So it feels to me like now you've got Scoot Henderson, you've got you still got Anthony Simons, and now you've got Drew Holiday, and you've got Shaden Sharp. So what do they do with all these guards? Gary from Hoops and Cards in his podcast yesterday mentioned he thinks they might try to flip Drew Holiday. What do you think Portland does? Um, I saw as well. I saw as well. I'm pretty deep in the Reddit threads of the NBA world, uh, and I saw a lot of stuff there. Uh, I actually saw it in the from the Miami Heat fan base that was upset about not getting Dame that they might still look at flipping Drew Holiday to Miami potentially. Um, I'm, I think that Drew Holiday is one of the most undervalued players in the entire league for a number of reasons. Um, he's arguably the best. He's arguably the best wing defender from the one to the three that we've seen in the last five years. Um, and he's a great locker room guy, which I think adds a ton of value to teams there. So if I'm Portland, I'm keeping Drew Holiday because of the influence that he's going to have on the young guys. Um I think Drew, I'm not quite sure exactly how old Drew Holiday is now, but he's got to be getting close to the tipping point of of getting near past his prime. And um, if he's comfortable taking a slightly more limited role uh, and helping kind of build up the roster and giving these young guards that have a lot of talent and upside, uh, some coaching and some mentoring along the way. Um, I think if I'm a Portland GM, that's something that I'm looking for. Yeah, Drew Holiday is the same age as Lillard, 33. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's had some injuries too. Yep. So I agree that that that's a great take. So, all right. It'll be interesting to see what Portland does. I think a lot of people in the comments here, we've got so quick, love, quick, quick love to the comments, Chad Gill dropping some, some knowledge in the comments as well. Mohammed Nahar in the house globals in the house from Australia and fly heat cards. Good morning um, to everybody. And, and good, good, uh, 
good late evening to global but um over to the suns um so you like what the suns did so to me you know grayson allen is could i think could fit well on any team in the nba so i don't hate getting him um i understand what he brings to the table and i love his his intangibles just like I would think that every superstar would want to play with Grayson Allen. I know it seemed like Giannis liked playing with him. I could under I could I could guess that like Booker and KD will like playing with them. Nurkic is not really a guy that I that I'm that familiar with. So tell everybody like how how is it how is Nurkic gonna help Phoenix more so than Aiden? Like what what do you like about that? Okay, so well, the first important thing for Phoenix is that they needed someone in there that wanted to be there at the big man position and fit their scheme well. Um, so if you look at Aiden, a lot of his, like a lot of his offensive production comes like back down post type stuff. And Nurkic is a guy that just doesn't really want the ball that much. He's more like a rebounding rim protector guy. Um, so I think that the upside in swapping them out is more fit. It's like a, it's almost like a golden state warriors, big man fit. Like they keep getting these big European guys. Uh, you look at Andrew Bogut, uh, I know they have Kevon Looney now, but he kind of plays the same role that aren't necessarily talented scorers, but they do a lot of things well off the ball. They set good screens um, and they just flow with the offense well. And I think that's something that Nurkic will probably be able to do uh, in a better capacity than Nate, than Aiden would in terms of fitting that offense over there. Cool. So do you think like Frank Vogel as the new coach has, has a lot to do with the Suns getting involved in this trade? Because I didn't really see the Suns being involved in a blockbuster trade this off season. I don't know if you did, but I kind of, it was kind of like as, as, as big of a surprise as it was to see Dame go to the bucks. I kind of knew he wasn't going to the heat. We, we, we talked about that on one, on one of the other shows where did the, I said the heat didn't really have anything to give up for him. So I, I, that didn't surprise me too much. It did surprise me that Milwaukee got involved, but now it makes sense. Now that we've talked about it, it being a move for them to try to keep Giannis. And we knew the Blazers were gonna were gonna be involved because they were gonna trade Dame, but the Suns also kind of surprised me. Like, do, what do you? Why do you think they got involved? Was it a foregone conclusion that they were gonna trade Aiden, or do you think Vogel coming in as the new coach has something to do with with trying to get this team on the right track? What's your take there? I think it's probably a mix of a lot of things. So, yes, Frank Vogel seems to kind of keep his hands busy and everything. Uh, his entrance to the Lakers was a bit out of the blue, it felt like. Uh, his entrance to the Suns was a bit out of the blue, but he just he's clearly very relevant in the league. Um, so I'm sure he had his own opinions there, but I'm guessing there was a lot of noise coming from Kevin Durant. Um, he obviously has not been shy in his opinions over the last few years. Um, and... I mean, the fact that we can look at it from an outside perspective and say the Suns do not have the depth to make a serious push. We saw it last year, um, even though they had a good season, like they're just going to run out of gas. KD's getting old. You got to have guys that you can go to the bench players, especially in the playoffs. Whoever gets hot off the bench, that team typically does well. So um, I think KD was probably a big factor in trying to get involved that saying, hey, we got to get some more help. I want to win another ring. I'm getting out of my prime. Um, just my thoughts there. So in terms of like a sports betting standpoint, uh, Lefty made the point on Monday's show that Vegas is good at making money off of people thinking they know what's going to happen. And so I've seen the the vague, I don't really follow the Vegas odds, but I've just seen them shift already due to this trade. What what are you seeing there in the in the Vegas odds 
with this trade? Does because I mean I would think Phoenix is going to be seen as a contender because of of their big two now with maybe an improved supporting cast. I would think that Milwaukee, you know, Milwaukee would have already been in the running anyway, and now they get Dame. But what are you, what are you thinking now in terms of who the favorites are to make it to the NBA Finals? Uh. Yeah, so this trade actually does a couple things for me looking at it from a sports betting perspective. The first thing I look at is one, yes, Milwaukee is the favorite now. They're at plus 360. Um, what that means is that, especially for an unestablished team, like that's not somewhere that I'm looking to put my money. We have, like we were just saying, we don't know how this is going to play out for them. But what that has done is make our odds be discounted for other teams that we think could be serious contenders. Like if I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets right now, they have so much size length and versatility and they're the fourth favorite at plus 650 so really what this did was just kind of dissolve some of the other odds from teams that you might think has a good chance so if you're wanting wanting to invest money in those teams you're getting better odds now when really their teams haven't changed too much um the second thing that i like to consider here is like i'm probably not putting any money in terms of nightly player props on any of the three teams involved in the trade for a couple of weeks because we don't know how this plays out. And once you have seen the team settle and see who's going to take on what role, particularly the Suns, because they've got a lot of ball movement that's going to have to occur for everyone to get the touches they want. Um, it makes a little bit more sense to wait a little bit of time, see who's going to be where. Then if you're if you're into making player props for guys where you can, you know, kind of get some alternative lines or alternative spreads on how they're going to play, um, you're going to be wanting to wait a little bit to see how things are playing out. Yeah, I think that's a great call because for fantasy purposes, just pattern recognition from the past tells me that like whenever there's a new situation, it takes a little while for things to shake out. You typically will see like, especially when there's, when there's multiple superstars that are playing with each other for the first time, typically their stats don't, don't go crazy or, or things are a little bit unexpected. Like um, even, you know, NBA for sure, but even, even across sports like baseball, football, it happens all the time when you see, a new a new superstar hit a new team whether it's a wide receiver uh quarterback combination or whether it's um whether it's you know in the nba like i think of Kyrie uh being traded to the mavs there's always just a little bit of discrepancy for a couple of weeks so i think that's a good call so yeah great analysis too i, I like what you're saying in terms of the the odds kind of shifting in the favor of maybe some other teams like the nuggets or um, you know, whoever, whoever you think might, might come at it from the East. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Who is your team from the East on September 28th? Who, who are you picking from the East? Uh, probably just going to go with Boston, right? Another, year there you go. I mean, developing, I think, I think Denver and Boston would be, would be astute picks with all the attention going to some of these other teams that have been more involved in the off-season news cycle. The off-season news cycle doesn't always mean what you think it's going to mean in terms of how teams are going to perform on the court. I think a lot of times it's like the teams that have gelled together. Like I think of, you again, pattern recognition. You think back to, you don't even have to go far as far back as the as the late '80s. But in the late '80s, you had like teams would have a run-up. They would they would they would make it to the conference finals and then they, they would miss in the conference finals then they would get past the conference finals and they would miss in the nba finals then they would win their title we, we've seen that in in even more recent history with te- like i think 
I think back to like the 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 2004 Pistons who won the championship. Like that team missed in the playoffs under Rick Carlisle several times and and continued to go far until Larry Brown took over and that team won. And so with with the Boston Celtics for example, like that pattern seems like it could happen where you've seen that team have success, you've seen them replace coaches, they've still had success. They've ju- they've made trade they've made like more minor trades. They didn't get rid of Brown or Tatum. They kept that in place, but they added different players and now in a more role player situation like Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, guys like that. Now they're in a situation where do they make the leap um, in into the into the you know winning the, winning the finals? Um, and then you've got the Nuggets who like basically there's no reason why they shouldn't make it back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I kind of like where your head's at early. So we're gonna get into the card, and so that we'll keep you on here, Connor, and we'll talk about the card perspective of this because obviously we're a sports card strategy show. And what I want to talk about here is our sell alerts because we send out these sell alerts. And yesterday we whipped one up real quick for Dame and we threw Giannis in there and we sent it out. And here's why. Um, You're not going to go to market movers today, uh, less than 24 hours after the trade and see anything different because people weren't necessarily listing their... Giannis or their Lillard cards or their Aiton cards in anticipation of this trade happening. You don't have a back to the future two situation where you've got Biff with an almanac from the future and you can go back and you can see what's going to happen and list cards at a particular time. But what you do have is the ability to understand the attention that this brings to eBay searches because you have Giannis, Lillard, Aiton, guys like that in the news. You have Drew Holiday, who's basically irrelevant from a sports card standpoint. Now you have him in the news. So what I preach a lot on the show is you need to take advantage of the fact that people are immediately searching on eBay for these guys' cards upon news of this trade, and you need to get them listed. So what I've pulled up here this morning is basically... I've looked into some like like what's happening with buy it now is on eBay, what's happening with auctions on eBay. And basically what I have is a situation where when you go start to search for say Giannis cards in an auction, that's where you see the action. So you see things like Giannis rookie PSA 10. So there's some select up here. There's some SP authentic. He's got some odd brands because he goes back to 2013. But when you look at auctions, you see three days left, um, six days left, you know, four days left. And you see they've, they already have 17, 20, 26 bids. Um, this one has 15 hours left. So that was that kind of probably got listed either in a, in a one day auction or had already been listed for some reason. But like four days left, you know, these are. Hoops 2013 PSA 10s. So I think if, you, if you're somebody who's like, well, I went to market movers and I didn't see anything on Giannis or, or Lillard yet. Well, th- that, that's absolutely going to be the case because what you really need to be looking at is the, the, the action that happens on auctions, new listings. So when you go to Lillard, for example, you're not going to see much action but when you go down and you find new listing, so right here, new listing, eight bids already, six days left on an immaculate gold out of 10 PSA 10. 
um, already up to $250. That tells me with a card like this, this is a big card, but it's not an auto, but it's a PSA 10 rookie from Immaculate with a patch. There's still six days left. This, this card is going to ramp up and be a card that's easily going to be over $1,500. So the point is that you need to go ahead and get these cards listed because right now is the time when people are, are searching for these Damian Lillard and these Giannis cards. Is there going to be the upside of if the Bucks make it to the finals, if the Bucks win the NBA championship, would these cards go for more? Of course, but what are the odds of that? Well, Vegas says the odds are pretty good, but Connor and I kind of caution you against that because that's Vegas. Um, if you go back and historically look at the Vegas odds going into every NBA season, how do they actually pan out? They don't always pan out the way that you think that they're going to pan out. So my point is you need to go ahead and if you've been holding Damian Lillard or Giannis cards, go ahead and list them right now in a five, seven, 10 day auction. I would say the only exception would be if you're holding like a massive Giannis or Lillard card that's in a PSA 10, that's a super high dollar card. These are two players that will have a longer runway now because of the scenario that they're in. So you probably won't lose much by holding for a performance spike during the season or an NBA finals run. But you could profit, you very much could profit right now as much as you could profit from an in-season performance spike. The only thing that's really going to outdo the profit from right now is if you if they win the NBA championship. Now, if you're holding like Aiden and Drew Holiday and you've been waiting for something to happen with those guys, I would go ahead and list them now. Like you're never going to have more of a spotlight on those guys than, than you do right now. And so the question then becomes, you know, do you list it in a buy it now or best offer or do you list it in an auction? And to me, nine times out of 10, you're going to get more action. You're going to get more bids on an auction. So I know that it can be a little bit scary, but I would go ahead and reiterate the fact that we sent out our, our sell alert yesterday. It was mainly for Lillard, but we also dropped Giannis in there. I could see people pushing back a little bit on the Giannis sell. But I'm telling you, if you're holding like PSA 8s of his rookies, PSA 9s of his rookies, now is a great time to sell. If you're holding much bigger cards, including PSA 10s, I totally understand you wanting to continue to hold those Giannis cards. But again, we're about helping you make money here on the Sports Card Strategy Show. And I think it's very, very simple. People overthink this so often. It's very, very simple. List your cards when there is a situation like this. And I will say this, if you wait another few days to list your cards, you're going to lose out on the, on, the, on the volume of watchers and bids and views that you would get on your auction. The reason, Connor, why we text out the sell alerts versus just post an article on them, when we post an article about we think you should sell a player, it's more like the next few weeks are a good time to sell this player now in the next few weeks when we when we text you and again you can text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 to get signed up for those sell alerts that we're talking about text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 when we text you it's like look for every minute that goes by without you listing these cards in a 10-day auction 
you're losing views, you're losing watchers, and you're losing bids. Um, this is the moment. This is the reason, Connor, why people have been buying Damian Lillard cards for the last several months. This is the reason why. I'm here to tell you, get off the pot, list the cards, get the profit. These cards dip in December, people. You can buy them back for a NBA in-season flip, but now is the time to sell. Connor, I know you're new to the game from a sports card standpoint, but let, let me just ask you, if you were holding a Lillard card right now, would you sell it? I think one of the things that's admirable and valuable from the content that you and the fellas have been putting out is that your policy is to mitigate as much risk as you possibly can while locking in the profits. Um, so for me, I, yes, I would be selling right now just because I think that anytime that you have, I mean, we've been talking about this marker for a while. Anytime that you have the marker, yeah, it's easy to get greedy and want to double what you can make. But if the profits are there and you can get out and reinvest in other places or buy back in the dip, like you said, December, I think it just makes it's a disciplined decision to go ahead and, and get those cards listed. And like Chad said, he had 13 listed on eBay with nothing for months and they all sold last night. So, And that, I think, is is proof positive to our point. So thanks, Chad, for sharing that. Um, Chad had, you know, like in Chad's theory, and, and, and I'm in the minority, at least in our network, because Andy, Andy Kaysen from Football Card Quest, also part of the NoOffSeason.com sports card network, he's a buy it now or best offer guy basically all the time. Chad, I think, does both, but mainly leans towards buy it now or best offer. Same with Lefty. And I'm kind of in the minority, and I'm, I'm, I want action, and I want the new listing boost that eBay gives, uh, that little tag up in the top left corner, new listing. People search for new listings. They have like saved searches for new listings all the time. I know also people have saved searches for auctions that are ending in the next you know, two hours or 15 hours or whatever. So if you're not in an auction, you really don't get those. You really don't get those saved searches. So I think there's merit to what Chad does by just saying, Hey, look, I'm going to, I've got a bunch of other stuff going on. I don't necessarily have the time to always be listing these auctions at particular times. Cause I've, I've got a million cards. Um, for me, on the other hand, I like to move through my cards a little bit quicker and not keep as many. So my sports card strategy is, is like literally built around auctions. Whereas as a lot of your sports card strategies are, built around a bunch of different things. So I totally empathize with the buy an hour best offer. I just think that if you have the ability to build your sports card strategy around auctions to get in and get out, I think you can maximize your profit. So hopefully you guys all out there are taking advantage of the fact that this trade happened. Um, hopefully you're enjoying some some exciting NBA news here as the season heats up. Connor, any, any other thoughts just around the NBA, the NBA season coming up here um, before we let you go? Too many to, to get into now, but I'm just excited for basketball to be back, man. Uh, excited for college and NBA to be back. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of sell updates and sell alerts and buy alerts as the season goes on. So I'm excited to start pumping out content there. Connor's doing great work as our head of content at nooffseason.com. Thanks for taking a few minutes, jumping into the sports card strategy show and tell and sharing your expertise with us on Dame and Aiton and Giannis and Drew and everybody. So, uh, have a great day, man. We'll talk to you soon. We're going to get to our submissions. Uh, okay. 
Thanks, Connor Barnett. Good work. Head of content at nooffseason.com. Welcome in Brian Steeler714 to the live chat. Burt Fields in the house. Marty, the Friel Deal baseball card curmudgeon. Love seeing everyone in the live chat. So speaking of all of you in the live chat, um, I'm going to get to, I'm going to do something on the show and tell that I don't normally do. So there's this conversation internally here at nooffseason.com around what do we do about the fact that we have so many people that love us now? Um, what I mean by that specifically is we are so uh, grateful that people are listening to the show, consuming our content, joining the nooffseason.com family, asking questions, being involved. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. We don't do what we do to talk about us and our cards. We do what we do to talk with you guys about helping you make money flipping sports cards, whether you put that back into your PC, which we love, whether you fund your life, which we love, support your family, buy cool stuff for yourself, whatever floats your boat, we're here to support you, but we're here for you. So now the dilemma is that on the sports card strategy show on Mondays, we don't have enough time to get to everyone's question. The other dilemma is that we've got this premium package at nooffseason.com where we go in depth for premium members, get a free 30-day trial now if you're not already a premium member at nooffseason.com. What we do for you is we take an unlimited amount of your questions and we answer them on the overflow show every Friday, but we go in depth because you submit your questions throughout the week through the website at nooffseason.com slash ask. And then we take our time, the three of us, Chad Lefty and I, and sometimes Chase Krim from Texas Roadshow Shop. We spend time crafting our answers and then we give them to you on the overflow show at nooffseason.com. You can also get the overflow show on Spotify. If you want, go to premium.sportscardstrategy.com to upgrade uh, to get it on Spotify. But we also have a ton of questions that we want to get to off of the overflow show and we don't have enough time to do them on the sports card strategy show. So we say DM me at sports card strategy, email me at Paul at nooffseason.com. Join the Discord. Go to sportscardstrategy.com and join the Discord. So here we go. I'm going to go through my DMs right now, and I'm going to answer some questions, and I appreciate that. So uh, first up, Jerry Wise. Uh, I read that Jerry Wise has some great stories from his PC that I want him to submit for the Sports Card Strategy Show and Tell. So he's going to get into that and um, get with Sonia, Sonia at nooffseason.com. And so we look forward to Jerry doing that. Um, we also have LMR sports cards um, on Instagram. Uh, D underscore Barry 78 underscore uh, on Instagram has some great skinnies. So shout out to LMR's skinnies. We've talked about skinnies before on the show because Chad sent me a Bobby Hurley skinny. He's thinking about putting them up on PWCC um, for what they might do there. They're graded by SGC, so he's got a Michael Jordan 9, a Michael Jordan 8, a Scottie Pippen 9, a Shaquille O'Neal 8. Um, he's, he's thinking about keeping them for himself, but he's also wondering if he should put them up on PWCC. Okay, my experience is that you're going to get probably less views, less action, and these are going to get super buried on PWCC. PWCC, to me, is not there yet. Um, I don't have anything against them, and I support what they're doing, but eBay is still by far 
the king queen of the market as it relates to just putting anything up for auction. Like, I mean, I think you would have to have a super high dollar card and a relationship with PWCC or Golden or Heritage to ensure that those people that are behind those auction houses are doing everything they possibly can to promote your auction. And I think on PWCC, basically you're just going to submit these LMR and they're just going to fall where they fall. I've personally tried to filter and bid on PWCC auctions and list things. And I've tried to promote PWCC auctions. They're just not there yet, man. I, I, I would have totally avoid PWCC as it relates. And I would put them up on eBay. Chad Gill also says they're too small, um, small of a dollar card for PWCC. And he says eBay. Johnny Gonzalez. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez is JG. JG's in the house on the live chat right now, I think. So Johnny Gonzalez, welcome to the live chat and welcome through uh, DMing me at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram. Really appreciate you. Um, let's see. He is asking me about a card um, that he found on Facebook Marketplace for $25. And um, he's not really sure. He says, just basically, what do you think? Um, so JG, <laughs> I'm struggling here because I don't have a picture of your card pulled up. So I apologize. I apologize to the audience, but uh, I am going to try and find a card, uh, a, a picture that you sent me in my email, and I can't easily pull it up. So I'm going to pass on that for now, unfortunately. But Johnny, I love you. I just need the picture of your card. So I apologize. I don't have it. <laughs> that was a bogey. That was an L of the week. All right, here we go. Fly Heat cards. Had a quick question. Fly Heat's, I think, in the live chat right now, too, but he DM'd me on, at Sports Card Strategy. Quick question with the NFL special on PSA. Okay, good good question. Will we still be able to do the Caleb Williams? Um, so I don't think so. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think so because it says NFL special. It specifically says NFL special. So I haven't tried to do this. I could tell you this. If you go into your PSA account, you could find out. It would... It would if it allows you to submit a Bowman, a Bowman card from, from those years of the special, then you're good to go. And you could even put a note in there and a note on your submission. Like I would put a sticky note on the card and I would put a note on the, like in the, on the website when you submit it that says, um, you know, that says you could, uh, you know, you could ask for it, but Chad Gill's in the comments saying no. So he's already, he's already found that out. So for those of you listening, it's a no. Um, Card Runner, uh, longtime listener to your show. This is card underscore runner on Instagram. Love the content. With the Dame trade, would you also sell any Anthony Simons cards as well now or wait until he has a few big games? Um, I would not sell Anthony Simons. Um, I think I think this actually, from a hype standpoint, temporarily hurts Anthony Simons. I think that... Um, it doesn't necessarily actually hurt Anthony Simons. Like that's TBD because Simons is a great player. But I think when when you add Drew Holiday back in this trade, I think it puts Simons in a, in a in a similar position to what he was in with Dame on the team. Um, it doesn't necessarily allow Simons to flourish or have any real hype around him. Like if you've noticed, he's not even really mentioned in any of the articles. There's no real hype around Simons right now. So I actually think it's a it's a horrible time to trade Anthony Anthony Simons. Thanks everybody uh, for getting into the DMs. You can slide into my DMs if you want to um, at Sports Card Strategy and I'm going to try to get to you guys on the uh, 
on the sports card strategy show on Mondays or the Thursday show here. Um, shout out to Greg Bryan, who was able to catch the live stream on Monday's show. Um, Global asked, what are your strategies for buying cards at card shows on Monday? We didn't get to that, but I was going to say there's a lot of great content actually coming up in today's show from Lonnie Conley and uh, his his business partner, Chris. Um, and so, uh, but, but general strategies for buying at card shows would be to bu basically to buy in bulk. Buy in bulk, buy collections. Target vendors who have multiple cards in value boxes that you like global. Um, I know you're in Australia, so you might not be, you might not be in, in the same situation we are here in the States, but, but the, the general strategy is to go in, find vendors that have value boxes with multiple cards in them that you like, and then essentially either pull them all out. Like on the lower end, you could pull them all out and you could make a bulk offer on all of them so that you get a discount on each card. That That's the bare minimum of what uh, sellers expect at card shows. They expect that, so definitely make an offer. The other, uh, the higher end of that would be like what Lonnie and Chris do and others. Um, others that listen to the show like like Tim, uh, Tim Larson and, and a bunch of other people that we know. Chad knows a bunch of people that do this. Mosaic Joe's really good at doing this too. Mosaic Joe does this and he's got a submission coming up here on today's show. But you would go in and you would basically make an offer on the entire box. Um, and then you just walk out with the entire box and you would know that because you flip through the box, there's some stuff in it that you like. Um, and so you're going to win, but there might be some other stuff in the box. And, and a lot of times the seller kind of wants to get rid of everything in the box anyway. So it could be a win-win. Um, Joel Kaplan asked on Monday, what do you think about waiting to buy back into Dion after he loses to Caleb in USC this weekend? Uh, his stuff will tank. I said this before, Joel. I would wait to buy into Dion until like March or April when literally no one is talking about Dion because everyone, the hype around football is all around the NFL draft. Um and then let's see, who else did we not get to on Monday's show? Um, Mark's Maja in the house. Uh, how's the team? Everyone's doing great, actually. We're, uh, we're doing great. We really appreciate that. Um, anyway, I think that's it. Everybody, thanks so much for all of your participation. Again, you can join the Discord, sportscardstrategy.com. We're all there. Shoes is there. Freel Deal's there. Um, Josh G. Piazza's there. All right, here we go. Let's get into our submissions. It's been 42 minutes of the Sports Card Strategy Show without a single Sports Card Strategy Show Intel submission from our audience, and that's because of the Damian Lillard trade, so hopefully you guys give us a pass on that. But let's get into it. Up first is a new name and face to the Sports Card Strategy Show Intel, but this guy is uh, not a new name and face overall. To the audience it's homer sports cards and what i like about this jonathan jonathan is homer sports cards jonathan and i ran into each other randomly in the lobby of the hotel we were staying at at the national and we were like hey i know you who are you and he's like i'm homer sports cards yes homer i'm paul hickey from the sports card strategy show yes all right homer take it away brother hey this is homer sports cards with our most recent psa reveal for show and tell well, we did have two sevens and seven eights. The bulk of the submission we'll focus on are 18 tens and nine nines. And some of the highlights are this Aiden Hutchinson downtown. 
is Jamar Chase Black and Orange Color Match to 75. A Chris Olave No Huddle Disco Prism. And a Garrett Wilson Color Match Green Prism. For basketball fans, Devin Booker Gold Shimmer. And this Paolo Banquero Teal Explosion. Of the nines that I thought that were pretty cool, we got this Justin Herbert Valiant Leaf to 75. This Snake Prismatic Aiden Hutchinson out of five. And a Ruby Wave LeBron James Panini Prism 2015. How about following us on Instagram at Homer Sports Cards and go check us out on eBay. Thanks. Great work, Homer Sports Cards. Up next is our very own Dr. Crack, Chad Gill. Chad, don't kill me for showing this submission, but this was you last week, brother. Take it away. Good morning, Sports Card Strategy Show and Tellers. So last week's video was a pickup uh, from a lot that I had got from Whatnot. Um, this week's video, I had something else lined up. However, uh, I decided I'm going to show another pickup video these are lower dollar, but I just want to give you an idea of what you can what you can do in terms of flipping. So uh, I was on whatnot, um, and I was looking through the different channels, and I found a guy that was selling cards. There weren't a lot of people in the room, which is what I look for um, for trying to find super good deals, and the gentleman was getting frustrated and because he wasn't selling cards and the cards he was selling were going way cheaper. And he's like, I probably should just sell everything I got left and get out of here and be done with cards. So being the astute guy that I am, I said, hum, what do you got left? And he goes, and he showed a stack of cards. He said, a hundred bucks, you can take it all. And I saw a couple of cards that made me think, you know what, this is a risk worth taking. And I said, let's do it. Uh, I'll take all the remaining cards for a hundred dollars. So I bought them all. So I'm going to show you, uh, I'm not going to show all of them. There's 111 cards. Probably going to break it up into two different videos um, to try and keep this at five minutes or less. But I'm going to show you a few of them and what my vision is and how uh, I look at this. So here we go. Hope you enjoy. So I have four different stacks of cards. The big stack, I broke them up into rookie cards, serial numbered cards, college uniform cards, and then non-serial numbered, non-college. So these are just regular cards that uh, are not serial numbered. I'm going to show you the two smaller stacks first, and then I'll save the better stuff for another video. But um, DeAndre Swift, Patch. McCole Hardman, Patch. Brandon Ayuk, Patch. Lamar Jackson, Red, White, and Blue Prism. Chase Claypool, Gold Patch. Burrow, Tricolor, Hollow, Justin Jefferson, Black and Red and White, Tom Brady, Crusade, Silver, Hollow, Joey Bosa, Patch. Just a, Those are just a few. Um, Christian McCaffrey, Gold Laser. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Jair <laughs> Brown. Uh, it's a Somebody's rookie auto. <laughs> what happens when Here you, you got JJ uh, Dobbins, numbered rookie auto. Trevor Lawrence, green. It's a Crusade insert rookie card. 
Kenneth You've Walker III, that's my guy. Come um, on, Chad. Kenneth Walker III. Kenneth Walker, serial numbered rookie. That's my guy. Got a couple of Kyle Harrison Silver Prism rookie autos. Anthony Richardson Bowman first. Uh, never heard of these before, but these are Automania cards of a couple of players. They're, this one's serial numbered. The other one was not. Uh, Justin Herbert Gold Laser. The list goes on and on, guys. I just wanted I just wanted to show you some of the plays. So I started pricing some of these cards out, and I think this hundred dollar investment is going to turn into four to five hundred dollars. Um, so after fees, I'm probably going to triple my money, maybe better. Um, so we talk often talk about investments on the show and what is best. Sometimes buying lots of cards like this, like a, a lot or somebody's collection, can be as profitable or more profitable than trying to flip an individual card. But it does take work. I am going to have to spend a lot of time taking pictures and listing all of these cards. But for a two to three hundred percent profit, two to three hundred extra dollars, um, a lot of people like these. You know, three to five to ten, twenty dollar cards on eBay. They sell well. So that is my play for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, in the future, I'm going to show you some of the serial numbered cards and the rookie cards, which are a little bit more fun. If you saw anything here that you like, hit me up. Uh, these are all going to be for sale. None of them are going into my personal collection. So chalks underscored cards at Instagram and chalks cards on eBay. Have a great week, everybody. Give the Dr. Crack some love. Lonnie Conley's giving him love in the live chat. Uh, I totally agree with Lonnie. This is my favorite type of grind right here, he says. And uh, Janelle Shu making a comment, too, about where does Chad find these people? I mean, Chad is the best at finding deals online. He is in whatnot all hours of the day. He's in eBay late at night. He's grinding. He's looking for deals. He goes into these whatnot rooms where people don't have that many people streaming and it's great because he's supporting other people in the hobby by buying their cards but it is a phenomenal strategy at the same time because there's not competition in these rooms he's basically able to scoop up these cards for a super low price and then flip them and so um, not only will Chad make money on this but it's also just kind of goodwill to have these cards help somebody out and then kind of you know I think what Chad what, what Chad and Kendall and I don't talk about enough is that it's actually also a really good strategy. Kendall does this, I know, and Chad does this a lot, where you know they're dropping extra cards in with eBay orders. And it's not only just a nice thing to do, but it's also a good strategy because it helps your seller rating. It helps people, you know, get, get you positive reviews. It helps uh, buyers maybe save your store as a saved seller. And those little things really do go a long way, especially when you add them up over time. So um, I really think that uh, Chad always adds a lot of value to the show. But this, I know he emailed me and said it wasn't one of his better submissions. I actually think it's a very strong submission. So thank you, Chad, for that. And again, if you guys missed getting in on today's show, um, we are going to get you in in a future week. So email Sonia at nooffseason.com, S-O-N-I-A at nooffseason.com. She's running the schedule in terms of who gets in when. We've got several more submissions to go today, so I'm going to I'm gonna get going uh, into them. But up next is Mosaic Joe. Joe, take it away. All right. 
Mosaic Joe here with another video. Uh, this is going to be a recap video of the um, recent card show that I just went to in. Uh, um, Here we go, global. Another card show strategy Georgia. for you. It's spelled C H A M B L E E. It's just a suburb of uh, of Atlanta, um, not too far outside of uh, out of the the city limits, um, and. Uh, it was a really good show. There's a lot of bigger name guys that that set up there. So like Card Sharks of Atlanta were there, um, and uh, and many others that I've seen at the the bigger shows that I set up at um, were all there. So there were some value boxes that I was able to pull quite a bit of, uh, out of, and then there was also um, a lot of wheeling and dealing and trading uh, that I did at the show. So I'm already a minute in, so I'm going to try to blaze through these as fast as I can. Um, Steelers fan here, so I got a tie-dye out of the 2022. This is the sweet level uh, tie-dye out of 25, TJ Watt. Um, I got a Gobby SGC-10. This is the first edition rookie with the Starball foil in the back. Um, not really sure where to even think on price with this, but I got it for pretty cheap. Got it under 100 bucks. I think that's a steal. Another Gobby here. Uh, this is out of Merlin. Um, this is the Amethyst out of 99. It's a little OC left to right, off center, left, right. Um, and uh, so this one's probably just going to stay in raw condition uh, until I figure out if, uh, if he's worth um, putting a bunch of time into. Because this could be a potential long hold. I hear a lot of great things about Gabi. So. Um, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, I think... A lot of people were high on him, thinking that he was going to be the main target of Mac Jones. Um, I got both of these at uh, $10 a piece. This one's out of $25. Uh, this one is out of $99. Both of them are rookie tickets. Or, no, I'm sorry. Playoff ticket, contenders uh, championship ticket, but they're both rookie cards, uh, on-card autos. So um, I think that uh, hopefully his injury isn't too bad, um, but for $10, $15, even if he comes back next year, these are a hold for me until next year. All right, Trey Mann. Um, I heard a lot of hype about him in the G League uh, and also in the Summer League this year. So I just went ahead and got this, uh, this RPA of him. Uh, this one is serial numbered out of 149 from Spectra. This is... Um, um, I believe I got it for like 22 bucks, so it's right around where comps are right now. But as soon as the season kicks off and OKC starts doing some things, um, I'm hoping to see him move up um, real soon. So, uh, 24 bucks, you know, is a good investment for an RPA. Got a Paolo Banchero, Bancaro, however you say it. Um, it is off centered, really bad, left right. Um, got this for 19 dollars, and uh, it's a silver out of select it is the concourse level um but uh this one is uh got some upside i mean he's only he's only been the best young player in in the nba quietly for the past few years so i can't see why that can't um earn me more than 19 dollars uh i got this this is a uh, number two out of 55 the reason i picked this up it's out of a exquisite exquisite is one of those top premier brands that upper deck comes out with and it is an on-card auto of a Hall of Fame player um, that I got for $27. So, no-brainer. Um, this is 
this is actually a grade reveal. Um, so I, I a few one. months back had sh showed that I picked up a bunch of these Playboy uh, refractor cards from 1995 Playboy Chromium. Um, one of them was this Dolly. I thought it was a lot better than an eight. I sent it to PSA just to kind of feeler of the way that PSA was going to start grading these. It came back an eight. Um, there aren't a ton uh, that are graded, let alone above an eight. So um, I'm, I'm thinking I might move to SGC with a couple just to see how they do. Um, but this is my Dolly PSA 8 refractor. Um, then I got this Chris Alave at the show. It's uh, out of Spectra. This is the Interstellar. Um, it's a PSA 8.5. 8.5s are really strange grade. Um, 19 out of 60 is the serial number. But these 8.5s are fairly rare. Um, they don't like to give that great away uh so it being an 8.5 i don't know if that adds any value to it if i should cross it over or what but i got the card for uh 36 bucks in trade uh, i think i've seen some comps do around 24 but um i think with uh with the offense that the saints have gotten uh in having uh, mike thomas back uh he's he's only going to become um more sought after just because Mike Thomas can't catch everything and Alave is just gonna be that, that second guy and it's it's I think I think he's a good buy right now. You could see a um, this was another guy so I did a really big trade um for these two cards at the show. I had um I had a PSA ten out of twenty twenty two mosaic um gold um Patrick Mahomes that I was seeing some speckle comps, not the same gold that I had, but the speckle comps were doing around 600 bucks. Um, the guy had this Jalen Hurts somewhere in the 500 range. I saw comps much lower than that, uh, but I feel that the comps aren't reflective of the value of this card versus I think the realized gains of that Patrick Mahomes are already attributed to that card. I don't think the realized gains of Jalen Hurts are attributed to this card. So I feel like, though I did trade a $700 card or $600 card for a lesser card, I think I got a bigger value in the long run Makes because sense. this is an on-card auto, serial numbered out of 25, black scope prism out of Contenders Optic. I know it's a 9, but... It's an on-card auto versus just a regular old gold out of 10. And I also got this, Calvin Ridley. This is serial numbered out of 10. This is his rookie introductions insert from his rookie year from Prism. Um, this is kind of uh, a sneaky one. I got this valued for a PSA 10 Jordan Love. Uh, it was the select silver prism out of Concourse, I believe, and it was valued at somewhere around 100 to 115 bucks. So I got a gold rookie Calvin Ridley uh, and a Jalen Hurts for those two cars. I think, I think all in all, I am taking the gamble. But that, and but I proposed a card trade to a gentleman that really made some sense for him to be invested in as well. Uh, if he's got some other stuff that he's invested in that's not going to be as um, solid as owning a gold um, Mahomes, where I was willing to take this gamble to see what happens. Totally makes sense. Um, totally so, makes sense. yeah, I'm pretty excited about those two. I don't know. We'll see what the season has to unfold. 
And then I got this uh, 2022 Jalen Hurts Pandora. This is serial numbered out of 400. It's a PSA 9. I got this for $18. So I just think, I, I think we're, we're really sleeping on these nines. But um, anyway, that's my submission for this week. Uh, I tried to keep it under five and I went over eight. So enjoy. You're good, Joe. Good work, man. And global. So basically your question about card show strategies, um, really answered there by Mosaic Joe as well. Joe looks for serial numbered cards. He looks for autos of players that he's kind of prospecting on. Um, basically, there's so much underpriced stuff at card shows in value boxes. And Joe brings it strong every time that he submits something. So we really appreciate that. I like the way his brain works too on that concept of trading for the Jalen Hurts card, maybe taking more of a risk. It has more upside. So it's kind of like, it'd be like in a dynasty league trading, you know, Derek Henry or Christian McCaffrey for maybe some, some younger talent that hasn't realized it's upside yet. I think it's a similar dynasty fantasy football strategy, but in cards, which I really like. So Mosaic Joe, Farmer Joe, he's a farmer. I don't know if you heard his tractor there in the background. It kind of clicked on about a minute into that video. But Joe, that was awesome, man. Keep them coming. Really appreciate it. Um, you could seriously go back and watch all of Joe's submissions multiple times and learn a lot. So we appreciate it. And Joe's helping Connor with some content at nooffseason.com. So we appreciate that. Up next is a new member to the family, but he's already brought it super strong week after week, and he's involved in the Discord. In fact, he's pointing out some questions in the Discord that I'm going to answer on this show. Marty, the Freel deal, take it away. Marty Freel coming at you from uh, the floor of my basement because you can see my table up there is uh, covered in sorted basketball cards ready to go for the season. We'll get to that in a minute here. Uh, today I've got for you a few different things that I've learned uh, and then a few different plays that I'm making. Hope you enjoy. Okay, let's start with things that I've learned. I did some research. I bought a bunch of Lionel Messi Sports Illustrated cards, some Rose Zhang cards. That was a play that uh, I was excited about and then I heard Paul talk about it, them make it a recommendation on the uh, website and uh, so I bought a bunch of those. I've got a bunch of, uh, all of them prepped to go in here, a bunch of Rose plays that I'm ready to send in, messy plays that I'm ready to send in. But why I'm showing you this is because I did some research looking at Victor Weminyama's uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids cards and noticed that his lower grades on the PSA uh, slabs tended to have far off center issues and so this messy for me right here looks this one looks like it's uh, down and left big time so this one i'm just going to go ahead and list it raw and get my money back for that and put it into something else um this one is fine I, i'm okay with uh being off center one direction but not both but i have up in the top left corner a giant mark on the on the card up there that concerns me for getting a decent grade. This is another one that's down and left. So I don't want to send that one in. Uh, and then this one. Um, oh, this one's got down here. In the bottom left corner here, it's got uh, some wear. And then on the backside, you can see it's kind of ripped. 
So I'm not going to send that one in. I'll just try to get my money back for that one or make a few bucks on it. Uh, some of these, too, you got to look at the back. This one has some issues here. And then, uh, where's my messy that has a terrible back? See where you're going here. Well, either way, I, like I think it might be upstairs and listed already. Um, but either way, look at the back because there was one that I saw where this picture was so far off the page that even the next card's um, outline was down here on the, on the card. So I started to pay more attention to that, which made me think that I should look more at the listings on the website before I go to buy these cards in the future. But I had a handful of them, obviously, that you saw um, that I'm going to send in because I think they're good enough. So that's item number one. Number two is almost a question. Love it. I bought a couple of these guys. Got another one on the way. Love him. These are the silver out of 250 Arch Manning cards. Um... Never bought a slab card before. So I'm looking for some input on, do you take them out of the slab, the one touch, send them in, get them graded, or do you just hang on to them like this uh, and wait for his prices to spike and then sell? Looking for some some commentary on that, but um, I was hoping mail day would uh, bring a few of the other ones that I bought so let's go ahead and do that right now because, uh, Marty, I appreciate the question. I think it depends. Um, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm um, I'm going to take them out. So he's talking about Panini encased cards. So they're encased by Panini. It's like it's it's Panini's version of a one-touch. I guess it's kind of a one-touch, but it's like sealed by Panini. So I've got one in my desk drawer right here. And I'm I bought it planning on grading it. And I bought it off of eBay, not directly from Panini, but I bought it secondhand off of eBay. It came authenticated uh, by eBay in the one in the sealed Panini. I bought it to grade in a bulk submission. Reason why is because I think I don't plan on selling my Arch Manning cards until a year from now, and so that's more than enough runway. Knock on wood to get them back from PSA even though PSA is slow AF right now, should should easily have them back a year from now. Um, I'm buying multiple arch cards of all varieties to submit in that, in that submission. And I believe if you put a note on it, and Chad can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe if you put a note on a card like this, you don't even have to break it out yourself. I think PSA will break it out for you even as part of a bulk submission, because it's not a slab from another company. If it were, you, you can't send PSA a slab from another company unless you pay for the crossover grading, which, which is more expensive. But I think with these encased cards, you can include them encased in a regular submission and not have to take them out yourself and put them in a top loader or a um, card saver. I could be wrong on that. That's what I plan on doing and seeing how it goes and seeing uh, I've had this, I've had something similar to this happen where the PSA representative just simply emailed me and said, Hey, we saw this is in another case from another company. Do you want us to break it out as part of this? And I said, yes. And it worked. Um, so that's what I plan on doing. So I guess number one, it's because it's arch. There's enough runway. I just want all of my arch cards graded by PSA because it's going to maximize the value that I can get back uh, for him next year when I plan on selling him around this time next year. 
or 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 further out than that honestly if he's not texas's starting quarterback this time next year for whatever reason then i'll just wait longer until he is but um it would depend so like if i were if i were picking up like a uh say a marvin harrison junior card like this from a company and it was encased like this i probably to me that's a quicker flip um it would be a quicker flip if it were like an Anthony Edwards or uh, a Jordan Poole or someone that I wanted to flip within the next few months. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But since it's Arch, I'm going to because you'll maximize the value. Hopefully that helps. Uh, keep going, Marty. Of the Arch Manning play, uh, but that'll be for another show and tell, I suppose. And then my last thing. Told you I've got some stacks on. I've got some stacks on my, my table. What I've done here is I've pulled any decent rookie card for any potential guy that might pop in the preseason for the NBA. And I'm going to be prepared to list them for a potentially quicker auction. I mean, there was a dude a couple of years ago that hit a buzzer beating three pointer, um, swung and missed on the chest bump with his teammate. His name was Kyle guy. And I still remember that because he had his 15 minutes of fame, not even five minutes of fame in the preseason. I don't know what his cards would have done, but it's possible that if I had a Kyle Guy rookie card, I might have been able to unload it. Um, and that's following somebody that was in the show and or the um, live chat last week that mentioned um, selling a bunch of cards raw to get your eBay rating up there. Uh, you could take advantage of that because these these are this is a list of guys that probably otherwise wouldn't sell without the potential to make a name for themselves in the preseason. Uh, so I've got them ready to go. You know, it's a I don't know maybe fifty or sixty guys here sorted by name, and then can just pop them on there potentially even as a lot, and see if I could uh, get my eBay rating up, make a couple of bucks to make a play during the season with those uh, few dollars. This stack of cards, if I can share a learning experience, comes with. Uh, buying into breaks and buying wax when I first got back into collecting and before I met the guys from the sports card strategy show. So um, learn from my mistake. Don't build up an inventory of trash cards that may or may not eventually do something besides take up space in your, uh, in your collection area. So just my two cents for the day. Hope you guys enjoy. Great stuff from Marty, the Freel deal power packed with sports card strategies in there. I love it. Great stuff. Um, yeah. Brian Steeler 714 says he doesn't trust Panini employees. And so he, he recommends that you crack those uh, one touches yourself, those encased cards and, and inspect them. Um, Chad and I both say, just send them in as is. I think I, I personally inspect, you know, I respect what Brian's saying, but I, I personally think that there's risk involved in damaging the card potentially if you take take it out of the Panini seal yourself. And I also think that to a certain extent, psychologically to the PSA greater, it comes across as like, this is off the production line and there's no reason why it shouldn't gem unless there's a clear production error on it. Um, that second part is, is total uh hyperbole and conjecture whatever on my part but um i i do believe it's real that especially when you're like me um 
and you're cracking, you're cracking cards, there is a risk that you're going to damage it. And so, um, I would rather just eliminate the risk and, and just send it into PSA. And then I think shoes asked, um, can you send it in the top loaders? Yeah. We said that on Monday, like lefty and I are sending it in our, our, the, the ones that came with the scotch tape on it that we talked about Monday and Andy talked about the scotch tape bandit. Yeah. Like those are going straight to PSA as is. I'm not even taking the scotch tape off. Like I'm literally just, I'm not even taking the P the, I'm not even taking the Panini rubber band off. They're literally just going in as is to PSA. Um, so Mart Marty's asking, so when you wrap up all your card savers, just pull the encased card in that bulk wrap. That's what it sounds like. Just put, just stack up like this. Like, I'm just going to show you right now. Like, this is my stack. I'm going to submit the PSA. I've got more that I'm going to add to it, but I've got like some of them in top loaders. I've got some of them in card savers. Here's my Zhang, my Rose Zhang, and my Messi that Marty just showed. So we're on the same page there. I've got a Chet Holmgren and a, this was shipped to me that way with the, in the ultra pro with the, with the scotch tape on it. And then this is how Panini shipped me the arch manning. Like I have not even touched the Panini rubber band. That's exactly how they shipped it to me. And then this is the arch manning that I got um, uh, sealed. Now this was authenticated. This is a cracked orange, uh, burnt or burnt orange ice out of 49. Um, so Marty, I'm just going to like, boom, like this, then like this, then like this. For those of you listening, this is great audio, but I've just basically stacked my top loaders on either side of the card savers with the encased in the middle, something like that. And then I'll probably get a couple more encased that I put here on either end. Then I'll put cardboard all around it. I'll tape up the cardboard. I'll put the bubble wrap on it. I'll bubble wrap it some more, put some more packing material in it, put it in a box and send it off to PSA. Um, they will handle it. They say that they want everything in a card saver, but the reality is that they will take it like this. And uh, unless you hear specifically from Dr. Crack on um, something different to do with PSA, I think you're good to go. So, all right, up next, we've got Lonnie Conley and his business partner, Chris, the vintage dons of the sports card strategy show and tell on the nooffseason.com sports card network. Take it away, guys. Hey, guys, at the Sports Card Strategy Show, this is Lonnie Conley and my friend Chris Knights. And uh, we have our eBay store, which is FF Holston, which most of you know that by now, but we always want to make sure we mention it. Uh, we want to give thanks to the Sports Card Strategy guys, uh, Paul, Lefty, Dr. Chad, and all the other associated folks who are starting to get more involved with the episodes. Uh, we want to keep this quick today, but this is an amazing a collection that we picked up and we're still kind of excited about it so bear with us as we get through it because we're going to have a lot of energy on this one but we want to keep it uh short and tight for you guys okay so here we go so this collection here um i recently found and purchased for 650 dollars all in the gentleman's name was dave he was a pasture a pastor, sorry. And then also he was a college baseball coach for most of his life. And being that he was a baseball coach, he would take his teams down to Florida during spring training and he would also, and he would get balls and cards and all kinds of things signed while he was there. He 
also wrote a book about Nellie Fox, who was with the Yankees. And Chris, was Nellie Fox a Hall of Famer? Yes, but he wasn't with the Yankees. He was with the White Sox. There you go. So Nellie Fox was with the White Sox, but he was a Hall of Famer. And this guy wrote a book about him. And he used to go out to card shows and such and do book signings. So he would also run into athletes at these uh, events and get them to sign just random things for him. So very unique collection. When he reached out to me, um, he talked about having a lot of old cards and a lot of old pennants and a lot of old uh, Washington senator stuff. And I asked a lot of questions and, you know, just tried to do my normal thing that Chris taught me, which was, you know, ask a lot of questions and try to understand uh, who this guy is and where his collection came from. Um, and that that is a viable collection and not something that someone was just trying to pawn off on me. So we set up a meeting and I went out to see him and this is what we ended up with. It was about 230 pieces. And guys, I, I, I can't I can't begin to tell you how crazy this is. It's 230 pieces and every single piece is autographed right? None of them have COAs. Actually, one ball has a COA. But I asked Chris on the way up, I said, hey, should I be concerned if, if this guy has autographs without COAs? And Chris told me that when you're talking to the older generation, there were no COAs um, out and about 20 plus years ago. And that was something that was actually relatively new. So asking the guy questions about how he came across this stuff and about his story, and then looking at the um, looking at the material, the ball, the cards, the pictures, and using my gut to be able to determine like, hey, this was actually a pin on the ball, should be able to help me to feel confident about making a purchase without a COA. Chris, you wanna add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, I'll say, <clears throat> you know, I think that um, once you get, just like anything else in life, if you research it and you study it, you look at, you know, images online of signatures, you get a good feel for what's authentic or not. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of uh, forgeries out there, there are, but when you're buying from private collections that have been sitting in somebody's house for 30 years, you know, there's a really, really good chance that most of that is authentic and people have good intentions. They're not trying to pull a fast one on you. So as a buyer of collections, you know, always use discernment, always use, um, you know, be careful out there. But for the most part, um, there's a lot of, you know, good stuff to be found if you use common sense and, um, you know, if, if you hear a reliable story with good provenance, um, behind signatures and how they were obtained, you know, there's a good chance it could be real. I'm, I'm not saying that there's, you know, that that's not the case. That's not always the case, but in a lot of time, a lot of times some collections out in the wild you'll find um, today could still um, be authentic. And we found a good one. Yeah, I, I believe so. I really do. We're, we're still just so excited about this one. So we're happy to share. We're going to try to keep it as short as possible, but we can't help ourselves. Bear with us. We want to teach you guys something and we want you to see what's possible out there. So uh, we'll talk about the cards real quick. Uh, this stack over here to the left, this big stack here, that's 80 cards that have autographs on them, all in person. And there is just so much random stuff in there, like the Joe Orsalaks and who else did we see in a, there? A lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> obscure Major League Baseball player names from the 80s and 90s. Let's, yeah. let's leave it at that. Yeah, so maybe, Chad, you could uh, your imagination could go wild about who's in there. But I'm going to stick those cards in a 3 to $5 value box and uh, let her rip, all right? But there's 80 cards there. Uh, this stack right here, I'll show that one to you guys real quick, and then Chris will show you the next one. All right, so this one here is uh, we have a Ron Guidry. We have an Andy Van Slyke. A lot of people know that name. Uh, Carney Lansford won a batting title, Chris reminded me. Bernie Nichols, uh, Chris said, was a lethal uh, combination with, um, Gretzky. with Gretzky. 
There's two Bernie Nichols. Very nice autographs, by the way. Larry Murphy. Um, Hall we're, of Famer. Yep, Hall of Famer. We're in Caps country and Orioles country, so some of these cards will move, actually, because of where we're located geographically. Al Worthington, very old card. Autograph. Nice autograph, by the way. Uh, I don't even know this guy. Chris didn't know this guy, but very old card. Uh, with an auto, so we're going to put that in a $10 box. Um, I'm trying to keep going through this. Uh, Tommy John, right? Very random card for a Tommy John signature, but that signature looks really good. Uh, let's see. Frank Tanana. Chris says that I guy's stats are unbelievable. Tigers, baby. Uh, Bucky Dent. Everybody knows Bucky Dent. And uh, there's a Brooks Robinson auto, but that was in pen, so unfortunately not as nice as the others, but still Brooks Robinson. Uh, Larry Murphy again, uh, Jack Kemp. This is a, a Fleer 61, 61 Fleer. Fleer with an auto on it. So yeah. very nice. Uh, Oral, uh, we researched this one when we got together, when I got back with this collection. For some reason, he did not finish his autograph. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that card quite yet. Art Shell, Hall of Famer with the auto. Uh, Tom Browning. What was your story about Tom Browning, Chris? Well, he threw, he threw no hitter, but he also... Right. Uh, passed away in the last couple of years, so he, he died kind of relatively young, unfortunately. Which means there's really no chance to get new autographs, right? So his autographs uh, right. are, yeah. So that's the one reason to think about those things. Chris told me I need to research these cards to see who's still alive and who has uh, maybe uh, passed on. Uh, Lindy McDaniel, uh, Herschel Walker, check that out. Uh, they they used a, uh, what kind of pen do you think that was? Oh, yeah, I don't know, it, some kind of, it almost looks like a dry erase marker that <laughs> just didn't stick. <laughs> yeah, I know, unfortunately it didn't stick, but it's a Herschel Walker card with a half That's autograph. Auto. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, unfortunately this one was signed on the back, uh, but it's still an autograph. Uh, Jeff Simeon, or is, is that what you think that uh, is? Who knows? Simon, yeah, Simon, Simon, Simon yeah. uh, Bill Glass, uh, Craig Bainham or something, and then look at this, Doug Flutie. Uh, you know, everybody knows Doug Flutie for the for the Hail Mary pass when he was at Boston U, right, Boston, Boston College. College, and then uh, onto the Bills and took them to the playoffs. Some people remember that, and then some people remember him as a Bear. Okay, so shout out real quick here. Sorry to interrupt Lon Lonnie and Chris because this is a great submission. Great submission. I love seeing these cards. Um, and I love the auto the concept of the autographs that they're talking about. Doug Flutie in a Bears uniform reminds me to give a shout out to Iowa Dave. I wanted to give a shout out to Iowa Dave on this show anyway. Um, he's Iowa underscore Dave on uh, IG, but um, definitely he does a great posts on his Instagram account uh, with cards that have really well known athletes in uniforms that you never knew that they wore before. And so this Doug Flutie Chicago bears card made me think of that. Great stuff guys. Keep going. So that's pretty cool. Nice, nice autograph though. Yeah. And All that's right. by the way, his tops rookie card, non USFL card, but that's his uh, regular tops rookie card with the bears. There you go. Rookie card of Doug Flutie with an auto. Pretty cool. Now this next bit of cards, uh, Chris is going to talk about because yeah. like I've said before, Chris gets the first crack at everything I buy because he's a true collector and I love to see his face when I come across some really cool things. And look what he got. How about a Bo Jackson uh, signed card with his beautiful, <laughs> legend, uh, Bo a beautiful, authentic, you know, love early it. career signature from That's like cool. the late '80s? He doesn't sign those like that anymore. Um, cards Mark McGuire, same situation. This looks like it was signed around that time period in the uh, uh, late '80s when he was just coming up with the A's. Um, of course, this was one of his, you know. Um, Early, early signatures. Nice full signature from McGuire. Um, how about Nolan Ryan on an 82 Diamond Oh, Kings Chad card. wants that. Popular, uh, Chad popular wants that. signature. Hall of Famer Warren Spahn. Um, a popular Yankee wrote a controversial book called um, 
ball four. And this is um, Jim Bouton uh, with a pitcher with the Yankees. Tug McGraw, who um, died relatively young and um, also a, a popular player with Phillies and Mets fans. And Tim McGraw. How about this? You all recognize the name Danny Ainge? How oh about my God. Uh, Danny Ainge Dan playing for Ainge. the Toronto Blue Jays before he That's exclusively sweet. focused on his uh, basketball career with the Celtics? So this is an early Danny Ainge signature. Totally wild. That's Jim cool. Bunning, another Hall of Famer, also a uh, U.S. Uh, senator. And um, nice, beautiful pen signature on a 65 tops, uh, top, uh, tops card. Eddie, Eddie Matthews, also another uh, great Hall of Famer, very popular with Braves fans. Mike Bossy, here you go with some hockey. Mike Bossy's probably a top five, definitely a top 10 NHL player of all time. Uh, incredible goal scorer for the Islanders. Um, won four consecutive Stanley Cups. Best Islanders in uh, team history. Okay, I'm going to interrupt Lonnie and Chris real quick for a quick comment response here. So JG in the comments says, you guys should do a 30 to 60 day challenge with 500 to $1,000 and basically show newbies like me a tutorial on how to start out flipping cards. I think that would really help a lot of us beginners. And then Chuckles in the comment, I love this, Chuckles, because I actually, I call my dad Chuckles uh, as like just a a joke nickname from back in the day. Um, when he was upset about something, we called him Chuckles. So he Chuckles says, is there somewhere that I could purchase some classes or some sort of training on sports card investing? I'd really love to get into this hobby, but I'm very novice and with my knowledge of it right now. So let me say yes, Chuckles. Go to nooffseason.com. Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com. Initially, you'll find it pretty intimidating because there's a lot of advanced stuff there. But breaking news right here on the Sports Card Strategy Show and Tell, my team and I are working on classes that will be that you will get for free as part of that subscription. So the subscription is $225 a year after you get your free 30-day trial. But we will be dropping classes, three levels of classes, one for complete beginners to the hobby, re-entering the hobby or entering the hobby for the first time another one for an advanced level and then a third one for high rollers higher dollar uh, spenders on cards so three levels of classes will be coming to nooffseason.com shortly um, it will drop before the end of this year so while the first class may not be within your free 30-day trial it should be shortly thereafter for beginners and we will absolutely this will absolutely be the best thing that anyone can buy it'll be included in what we're already giving you for the 225 dollars a year so chuckles and everyone else out there listening and watching we would love to have you go to nooffseason.com get a free 30-day trial of our premium right now and then you will get these classes these three levels of classes there will be a ton of evergreen content there to teach you how to make money flipping sports cards and just helping you enjoy the hobby. So um, JG's on the same page as Chuckles and we would love to have you guys as premium members. It'll be an amazing value. Sorry to interrupt Chris and Lonnie again, but uh, had to do that before these guys potentially dropped out of the live chat and wanted to get that out there. Uh, again, everyone listening on the podcast apps, you can get into the sports card strategy show and tell by emailing Sonia S O N I A at nooffseason.com. We got Lonnie, Chris finishing up. Then we've got SSI and Shoes taking us home. Lonnie, take it away. Chris, take it away. Ah, Lonnie, Chris, back uh, to Lou you. Lou Pinella. 
Greg Nettles. Some of these are from the uh, 70s popular, 70s and 80s popular Yankees teams. Willie Randolph. Um, this is personalized to Dave, but this is Daryl Porter. Steve Sachs. Rookie of the Year for the Dodgers in 82. Dave Steve, who was a great pitcher, um, won a ton of games. Actually, probably, arguably, one of the best pitchers in the 1980s for in the American League. Bob Boone. His son is Aaron Boone, the uh, current manager for the Yanks. Dwight Evans. A lot of people think he might get in the Hall of Fame someday soon. Um, anyway, nice uh, mid-80s, 86 Fleer signature for Dwight Evans. Cal Ripken Sr. Not junior, but senior. Very nice autograph. Ron Guidry, another Ron Guidry signature. Um, this is a great autograph of uh, Lance Parrish, who was part of that mid-80s Tigers uh, team that went to the World Series. Uh, he was the catcher, all-star catcher. Oh, that old Tiger um, Stadium. Not a Hall of Famer, but really too. I love it. And the Tigers player. logo, that's a cool uh, Dan Issel uh, signed on the 81 Tops basketball card. Uh, Mel, Mel Blunt, who is part of that uh, Steelers defense in the 70s and 80s. But you bought that for a friend, actually, right? I did. Yep. Um, Dave Dravecki, uh, just a nice signature and also a, a popular uh, player with a good story. Uh, he played for the Padres and the Giants. Doug Drabeck, uh, I believe he won the Cy Young Award for the Pirates um, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, he was part of that 92 Pirates team that went to the playoffs. And then Ray Knight, who's popular with Mets fans. Um, and then finally, um, as far as flats, not ball, you know, baseballs go, the one one beautiful piece here is this. Looks like a four by six, or three by five, or four by six. Uh, early 70s is from April 1970 original photograph. Um, to Jeff, vintage Hank, Hank Aaron, Aaron signature. Get a market of people totally named Jeff totally that want to buy vintage that. Vintage Hank Aaron signature. Even towards the end of his um, <laughs> signing days, he did not sign like this. So this That's is, cool. uh, you know, there's a lot of value that comes with early signatures and with especially early playing days. Now this is Aaron's later playing days, but just the fact that this is 50 years old is uh, is pretty amazing. There you go. So Chris got those off of me, and I was so happy to be the one to, 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 to sell them to him because it just makes me so happy when he's happy getting things that he loves for his collection. Oh, stop it. Well, you know, I told you that's, you know, it's the way it is. I just, you, I can't repay what you've taught me over time. Uh, the stack I showed a second ago, those are going to go in a $10, um, 15 to $10 box. These are cards that I'm going to sell for 20 to $25 on eBay. I've got a Duke Snyder, a Danny White. Gaylord Perry, Jim Palmer with the COA on the back, Danny White, uh, Bob Lemon, uh, Steve Largent, uh, Luke Appling, uh, Paul Molitor, uh, Bobby Richardson, Paul uh, Bill Mazeroski, uh, who's this, Jim Bunning, and uh, Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld signed on the back, unfortunately. Don Larson and uh, Alan Trammell. Alan Trammell. Uh, yes. Alan Trammell. I want those Eddie Alan Matthews. Trammell Great card, but this one's got pinholes in it, and it's got a little bit of writing on the back, so it's going to be discounted. Stan the Man, usual. Love to see those. Chris said people love to get these autographed because it says Hall of Fame Heroes on the top of the card, so I have two of those, the Appling and the Musual. Yogi Berra, but you can see that that autograph ran quite a bit, so unfortunately this is going to be discounted as well. Uh, Mike Bossy again, and uh, Mike Gartner. And Mike Gartner, great autos. All right, so I'm sorry I'm trying to speed it up for you guys. And I hope Paul doesn't kick us off the show and tell here in the next few years. I've already interrupted um, you. Let's do, the, yeah, no, let's do the baseball thing real quick. Uh, 24 baseballs, guys. 24 autographed baseballs. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to point out the, the like, randos. There's a Brooke Robinson, Brooks Robinson right here. 
but I'm gonna let Chris uh, talk about the ones that he bought. And so up here at the top, uh, Chris purchased the Yogi Berra. Ken Griffey yeah, right Jr. Here's Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra, right in the sweet spot. He purchased the Ken Griffey Jr., which that nice. one hurt a little bit, but I knew he would love it. And I, I just had to let him have that one because I, awesome. I knew it was gonna be in a good place. Yeah. Uh, we've got Ricky Henderson and, and Chris told me that Ricky wouldn't be happy if we didn't talk about Ricky Henderson on our show. <laughs> And then uh, we've got uh, Lou Brock down here, the former Steels leader, until Ricky Henderson uh, took that from him. That's a 1989 Cubs championship ball. That's Whoa, got championship meeting. Uh, playoff, sorry, playoff, playoff, playoff ball. There you go. Correct me, please. That's Andre Dawson. Yep. The um, Hawk. That's vintage Greg Maddox. There you go. He doesn't even sign like that anymore. Uh, Mark Race is on here. Um, just a popular ball with Sean Dunstan, a couple yeah. other guys we remember from back in the WGN days in yep. the summertime watching yep. TV at home. Harry, Joe Girardi, Harry that ball? He used to play in the Cubs, Joe Girardi. There you go. And then right here is a Daryl Strawberry ball, and it's got Eric Davis's signature on the back. And then we have a Don Mattingly right here. And this is Chris bought this one as well. This is a Mike Schmidt. Uh, it's a foul ball that Dave, Ooh. the guy I bought this from, actually got in a game, and it's got a dent in it and a scuff. And he walked over and had Mike Schmidt sign it. So how cool is that? Uh, Don Larson, uh, the date of his, what, no-hitter you said? Yeah, was, World Series no-hitter. World Series no-hitter written on the inscription. So pretty cool. So there's a lot of cool stuff here, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep moving. Here's the, uh, the sweet stuff right here for me. Um, this is a Reggie White rookie autograph. Chris and I did a lot of research looking for this card online, and we both found sales in the last couple of years of uh, 605 and what was the other one? 800. 800. Um, I'm going to send this to PSA to get it authenticated and slabbed. I may keep this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is a super rare find, by the way, guys. The Minister of Defense, Reggie White, he ain't signing anything else. Unfortunately, we lost him at an early age, but if anybody knows Reggie White, that guy was a monster. Uh, Pete Rose, beautiful autograph, right? Pete Rose and another Nolan Ryan autograph card Dad. here. So I'm sending these three off to PSA to get authenticated. Yep, and then I have these here. Um, the, oh, I already showed those, okay. And the last thing I'm gonna show are these autographs. So we've got a Brooks Robinson, We've got a uh, Stan the Man, and uh, Chris says he has like seven of these, which is hilarious because I, you know, doesn't make it any more. Well, rare. unfortunately, Musial signed a lot, so <laughs> there are certain Hall of Famers that just signed anything put in front of them. But yep. Sorry. And then no, you're good. I'm, I'm glad you shared. Um, two Nolan Ryan autos on these flats. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with these yet. I'm still thinking about it. Uh, I'd like to get it some sort of COA, like a JSA, but we'll find out. Uh, here's another Brooks Robinson auto. Um, here are four Mike Schmidt autos. There's the this mag this little uh, Reader's Digest like thing. Two letters with his letterhead on it. Both of them are signed. Um, one on the front and then one on the back as well. And then this oversized Donruss 85 card with his autograph on it as well. All right. And then this one right here is very unique to me. I really love Kofax. And so this one here, let me back it up just a touch. That's Sandy Kofax. What is that? An eight by ten. Yeah. Eight by ten. Uh, Written to Dave's son, Jeff, but that's a Sandy Koufax autograph there. So pretty cool, huh? Very nice picture. Everybody loves Koufax. All right, so I don't want to leave anything out, but I know we've really crushed the time here, and I really apologize, guys, but I hope that you see what I see, and this is just an amazing find. We're super excited about it. Um, we hope to continue to find things like this as we continue looking. 
Um, one of the things I wanted to mention was that, you know, you guys might think that potentially that we're getting lucky out here and, and that this can't be done by any of you. But let me tell you, I, I, I don't miss any sports card strategy shows. I don't miss uh, looking up uh, videos online. Like I'm doing the work. Chris is doing the work. We're out here grinding. We're meeting new people. We're listening to everyone. We have open ears and open minds. We want to find this stuff and we've been doing it for a really long time. So any of you that think that this is not possible, I assure you it is. You just have to stick to it and you have to grind it out. It's just like starting your eBay store. It starts with one sale and it goes from there. Okay. So I wanted to share that with everyone. Uh, Chris, is there anything that you want to share before we wrap up? No, I think we're good. Um, we'll, we'll try to keep them coming, you know, as we, as we acquire collections and be able to share more of our experience, we'll pass it on to you. Yeah. So thanks again, guys. I'm really sorry this took so long. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed this one. Um, Sonia, I'm sorry. I, I will do better about keeping these shorter, but, uh, but I really hope that you guys enjoy this video as much as we enjoyed making it. And we really love this collection. So, um, I've already gotten my money back out of what I put into this and I still have probably roughly two or three grand left to make on it. If I decide to sell the Reggie white, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see how the rest of the stuff moves and then I'll make a decision. But again, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon and we'll get some shorter videos out to you. Thanks guys. See you. No need to apologize. Great work by Lonnie and Chris. Love you guys. Thanks so much for the submission. I really think that that is how it's done, everybody. I mean, I think it doesn't get any better than that. Um, great submissions today. We've got two more, one from SSI and one from All My Shoes. But real quick, um, want to give a sh quick shout out to Orest Boyko on IG. Thank you so much for all of your awesome DMs. Really fun uh, DMing you. He's Card Professor Seven on Instagram. Go check him out. Great guy. Really appreciate that. Uh, I saw Randy Ferguson in the in the live chat. Appreciate all the audience participation in the live chat. I understand those of you that can't make it, but you're out there listening on the podcast apps. We love you. Again, DM us at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram or email me at paul at nooffseason.com. Um, all right, up next, the Southern Soccer Idiot. Take it away. What's up, everyone? Good morning. Happy Thursday. I hope your show and tell is going well. I hope everyone is enjoying the submission so far. hope everything is good with everyone in the Sports Card Strategy Show Multiverse. I am Kevin, also affectionately known as the Southern Soccer Idiot, and I am here today with a 14-card PSA submission that I recently got back. Um, I am going to break this video up into two parts. Uh, first and foremost, because Sonia sent me an email and said try to keep it five minutes or under. Lord knows I can get long-winded sometimes. But then uh, another reason is that I have been sick the last couple days and I don't think my throat or lungs are going to hold up talking for much more than five minutes. And also next week, the last week of September, I will actually be in D.C. with my wife handling some uh, uh, diplomatic documents for her immigration. But on to the main event. Uh, like I said, I have 14 cards here to show you today. I'm only going to show you half of them. Uh, I had 10 sevens, four nines, eight twos, no, excuse me, <laughs> 10 sevens, four nines, two eights, and one seven. I didn't have any twos, but we'll just jump right into it, try to do this as quick as possible. 
Uh, Youngman Son, rookie sticker, uh, the left winger for Tottenham, one of my favorite players, uh, even though he is kind of a, on a rival team against Liverpool in the Premier League. Uh, Son, the South Korean, is an absolute, excuse me, an absolutely fabulous player. Love watching him. Stickers are extremely tough grade, of course. I got a, this one looks fab, fantastic to me. Super clean, extremely well centered, but got a seven. Might try to recrack that for some other time. But um, if, I tell you what, the, collecting and selling cards and stickers sometimes in sports is strange because um if love for someone correlated to prices this guy would be one of the most expensive players on the planet unfortunately he's not or i guess fortunately he is if you're looking to get some cards of his uh 2017 select robert Lewandowski, multicolor got an eight on that i have a lot of people asking for Lewandowski cards it shows sometimes i don't really have a lot so trying to get a few of those graded um, the selects from that year are a tough grade. I would expect it better though. Might recrack that sometime. 2020-21 top stadium club. Lionel Messi gold refractor number to 50. Got my heart broken on this one. This was only a an 8. Sorry for all the reflections there. Um, this ended up being an 8. There we go. Uh, that's an awesome card. If it was a 10, those sell for about $1,200. Uh, nine sell for about $400. Eights, I don't really know. I haven't found any sales on that. This card looks super clean to me. I'm probably going to recrack it and try again, see if I can get at least a nine on that. Uh, another messy, moving into the nines now. The uh, Road to Qatar Donner set, 21-22. Leon Messi, Optic Base, got a nine on that. Uh, just a cheap, you know, $10, $20 card for a young Messi collector to pick up at, a, at the show. Uh, 2022 Panini Prism World Cup Qatar, Bruno Fernandez, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo Connections, Silver Prism. Got a nine on that. Sharp looking card. Uh, also have the Messi and Angel Maria one. But I'm no no hurry to really grade that one because I kind of want that for my PC. Uh, 2019 Panini Chronicles Declan Rice, uh, Donruss rated rookie, also a nine on that. Uh, Declan Rice having left West Ham, as you see in this picture here, and of course is now with Arsenal, one of the best center defensive midfielders in the world. Uh, it's got a he has a very big uh, fan base and ever growing. And people are asking for his cards sometimes. So I uh, would have liked to got a 10 on that. Of course, sold much better. But that's something I can, you know, give to a kid for cost of grading and get another collector into the system. And the last card for right now, uh, 2020 Panini Chronicles. Victor Osiman, Syria A rookie card, just the base. Tell you the truth, I'm not even really sure why I graded this card. Uh, nothing special about it at all. Uh, Osiman is a fantastic striker, but um, his cards don't sell as as well as they should, in my opinion. Uh, but maybe I can package this card with another card that I'll have uh, a, a better card, some sort of parallel, some sort of color to it or something. Like I said, I'm not even really sure why I graded that. But as I said, for now, 
that's everything for today. I will make another video with the hits. Uh, there were, of course, seven cars this time. All seven in the next video will be PSA 10s, and I think you're going to like them a lot. Uh, I've got a couple cards that I'm extremely proud of um, and that are going to be really big hits when they uh, are on the uh, auction block and or displayed at shows. So for now, thanks to everyone. Thanks, Paul, for hosting, and we will see you soon. Much love. Many blessings, everyone. You too, SSI. Hope everything's going well with you with your administrative diplomatic documents. That does not sound fun, and hopefully you're feeling better. That was a great submission. I love how SSI gets more people into the system, to use his words. I think he has a great philosophy about just basically handing kids graded cards at shows and things like that uh, to, get them, to get them into the system. Love that. Get them hooked on sports cards. Get them hooked on sports card strategy. Speaking of being hooked on sports card strategy, we're going to end today's show with the one, the only, oh my shoes. Good morning, my dudes. Another great day here on the sports card strategy show and tell. Brace yourselves because I'm not showing any cards. Mrs. Shoes isn't showing any cards. Mini Shoes isn't showing any cards. It's just going to be a Junior Shoes takeover. I told him, man, show some people what you have. And he's really just going to show you what he's gotten for his birthday. And really just kind of what he's gotten here the past few weekends or the past month. So, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it today. I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it today. Fools to the case. <sighs> we have two stacks of cards from Junior Shoes today. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start off with this football section first. And with that, we have a 2018 Donruss Rated Rookie, number 306, Saquon Barkley. Very well centered, no scratches or dings. It will be receiving the 1-2 shakedown. Up next, we have a 2020 Select Premier Level Justin Jefferson, number 161 Rookie Card. Anything from 2020... We'll be receiving the 1-2 shakedown and beginning sending off to PSA. Up next, we have a 2020 Select Field Level Blue Prism Die Cut, number 306, George Kittle. Very nice card. Very pretty. Very shiny. And we like the shiny cards around here in the shoes household. Up next, we have a 2020 Chronicles Football. Joe Burrow, number PA1, rookie card. 2020, quarterback, Joe Burrow, 1-2, shake down, down, set, hut, blue, 42, set, PSA. <laughs> Up next, we have a 2022 Panini Prism, number 352, Isaiah Pacheco, rookie card. I like Junior this Shoes guy a lot for a fantasy. Kansas City Chiefs fan, so... He always grabs any Kansas City Chief rookie he can. 
Up next, we have a 2022 Optic Rated Rookie number 229, Bailey Zappi. The old Zapter, Zapter, the old Zapster did well against the Jets. Not too shabby against a really broken team right now. <laughs> and last but not least, we have a 2022 Optic Rated Rookie number 243, Rashad, Rashad White, <laughs> Purple Hollow, numbered out of 50. God, I cannot say his name. Rashad White. Rashad White. There it is. Rashad White. Numbered out of 50. Oh, looks like he has 46 bucks marked on it. Good job, Junior Shoes. Trying to get his stuff already marked out. So he can just look right there and be like, hmm, this is what I want. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to get to his basketball cards next. See you there. Let's see what you got in the world of basketball, Junior Shoes. First up, we have a 2021 Panini Illusions number 181 Austin Reeves rookie card. He received this for a birthday present, and when he opened it, you could say that him and I were both very happy. We both are very high on Austin Reeves. Connor and I have been debating have about Austin Reeves being on our basketball card rankings. Connor wants him on there. I don't. Up next on the banger board, we have a 2021 Select Concourse Cade Cunningham number 11 rookie card. It's a nice card. Let's it's a little off center, but it's a nice card. Like we Cade, a, a lot. 2021 Chronicles Basketball number 31 Trey Man rookie card numbered out of 149. Neat to the O there, Junior Shoes. Up next, we have a 1996 Skybox Series 2 Kevin Garnett rookie card number 233. That's got to be the biggest yeah, surface area surface. ever given to the word rookie on any card ever. Cards. Yeah, I just, my heart races a little bit. Next up, we have a 2007-2008 Upper Deck First Edition Basketball Kevin Durant number KD1 rookie card. Thought this was pretty neat as well. Up next, we have a 2022 Panini Chronicles Cameron Thomas Crusade Red rookie card numbered at a 149. This will definitely be getting the shakedown. The old one, two, shakedown. And last but not least for this week, guys, we have a 2012 NBA Hoops number 280 Damian Lillard rookie card. Now, if this card looks a little familiar, it's because you guys have seen it on the show and tell technically before. So, I've looked it over. It has potential 10. It is getting the one-two shakedown as well. As always, guys, I hope you have a good week. Thank you for letting my family and I come show our cards off. Check me out on Instagram where I'm always just being goofy, I guess. Have a great week, everybody. Great work, Oh My Shoes. I want to know what the audience thinks about who has the better backdrop, SSI or Oh My Shoes.
I really would like to know. Let, let me know in the comments below, please, on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, for more videos like the Sports Card Strategy Show and Tell. Chuckles says, I'm assuming buying into breaks is a waste of money, even though they are thrilling to do. Yes, correct. Chuckles, I think this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the fam. Um, we often talk about this, so it's actually a great question. Um, breaks is more for entertainment than anything else. I would keep that as part of your entertainment budget, not as part of your sports card bankroll because it is a complete waste of money. Um, it is not a complete waste of time if you get entertainment value out of it, but it should not be a sports card strategy at all. It does not help you make money flipping sports cards. However, reminder, we are taking over whatnot. We are disrupting whatnot. We are singles only. Follow us on whatnot. Go to nooffseason.com slash whatnot. Or if you're not on whatnot yet, even better, you can get $15 free on whatnot by going to whatnot.sportscardstrategy.com. We want to see you there on October 25th. Lefty and I are going to be on whatnot. Singles only. Victor Wembenyama debut. Let's go. We're disrupting whatnot, doing it like nobody else does. No stupid spinning wheels or duck races. No wasted time. We're getting in. We're getting out. We're giving you great content. We're taking over whatnot at 8.30 p.m. Central Time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Victor Wembenyama debut, October 25th. Check us out there. Again, whatnot sportscardstrategy.com to get $15. If you're already on whatnot, definitely follow us there. Nooffseason.com slash whatnot. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show and Tell. Go premium at nooffseason.com. Get a free 30-day trial. Check us out everywhere. The Discord is popping. I didn't have enough time to get to the questions there that I said I would answer, but there are some great questions on our Discord Check it out. Thanks to Oh My Shoes, Josh D. Piazza, Marty Friel, everybody else on the Discord, Janelle Shoe, great stuff. I'm going to answer Discord questions on Monday's show, so stay tuned. Tomorrow's the overflow show for premium members. Get pumped up. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening to the overflow show. Thanks for Connor Barnett for joining us to talk about the Damian Lillard trade. Don't forget to text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 for your sell alerts, some buy alerts, and thanks, special thanks to Sonia for helping us stay organized and get submissions into the Sports Card Strategy Show and Tell. Email sonia at nooffseason.com. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening. Have a great day. 